coming up on Facts from the Stacks. At one point, I think our last one, we said Myth Maniacs or something oh. like that. So like something alliterative. Um, Why don't you know that? You don't listen? <laughs> <laughs> Her on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Got her. On the spot. Welcome to Facts from the Stacks, a news and trivia podcast for book nerds and library lovers. Facts from the Stacks, created by the staff at the Jackson Madison County Library, is your library news and book based trivia podcast. Join your hosts, Kelly and Shane, for what we're reading, what's happening in the library, and tons of trivia. We will have games and quizzes so you can follow along and test your knowledge, but also so we can stump other library staff. Welcome back, all you marvelous makers. Oh. So that is the voice of our makerspace manager, Casey Smith, who decided to come on to the pod with us today. Awesome. Today Thank we're talking so about making and manufacturing um, Dewey number 670 manufacturing technology slash how it's made. How it's made. How yeah. it's made. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so as per usual, we'll start with what we've been reading and uh, things we've recently borrowed. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really... Um, I haven't really read anything right in the last couple weeks, honestly. Um, still working on, you know, using the Kindle for reading purposes. Mm-hmm. So I just, I still haven't quite done that. I've been doing more writing than reading lately. Oh, so that's deep. That's where I'm at. What about you? What have you been reading? Um, I recently finished A Million Junes by Emily Henry, who, as all of our loyal listeners know, is my favorite author. <laughs> um, um, but this is like a YA title that she wrote, I think, like at the beginning of her career, because she's more well known now for her romances, such as Happy Place, Beach Read, Book Lovers, The People yeah. We Meet on Vacation. But anyways, this is a YA title that she wrote circa 2017. And it I was think, really good. I think you told me a little bit about that, like how it was one of her earlier Yeah, works. yeah. And um, it was like magical realism kind of vibes, Ooh. which was fun. I do like magical realism. That's yeah. one of the genres that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, how does it stack up, like, quality-wise? It was just as good as her other books, but just different. Like, okay. it's a YA romance, so obviously just different. I mean, obviously your romances are different when you're in high school than when you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. And then the magical realism element was new. Different from her yeah. usual. But why ra- romance really gets me right in the feels. Like, I feel like it's more romantic than adult romance mm-hmm. because it's like all the butterflies. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. It kind of is. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you seen that? There's like a TikTok trend going around that's like, no one can ever come between the 13-year-old girl and the first blah, blah, blah book she read. No, but that... And then, like, out. you swipe over to the, the next slide, and it'll be, like, Twilight. Yeah. Or, like, some objectively, like, probably not really good book, but, like, <laughs> you have a... a you, there's a connection yeah, there with it still. It. Yeah. yeah. But even now, like, reading a good YA romance as an adult 
it's a fun experience mm-hmm. to listen to teen romance <laughs> where they're like they're just talking about how, all their feelings. Yeah. And to read like a bodice ripper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bodice ripper. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. <laughs> um, what about you, Casey? What you been reading? <laughs> I recently finished the Atlas Six. Oh, I've um, heard of her. Oh. Which, the most recent book of that series, I don't know if it's the last one or not, the Atlas Complex just came out. Ooh. Okay. So it's the third one. I don't know if it's a trilogy, though, and I also don't know how to say the author's name. It's Olivia Blake. Olivia Blake. Oh, yeah, oh. I can picture it in my brain. Yeah. Interesting. What is It's it? like, I don't know if you ever read or watched The Magicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a little bit like that, like grown-up Harry Potter vibes. Yeah. Like a magical Magicians. society where they're like kind of learning... That's so cool. About their powers a little bit more. The Magicians was also a TV show that was a very good show. I never read the books, but it's very much like as a young adult, you learn about being able to do these things and you go to a college as as opposed to a... You know, school higher for education. yeah, higher education <laughs> for magic. Yeah. So this it's is almost more good. like grad school, like oh, after wow. they finish magical college. Yeah. So this is preparing the most powerful magicians. Okay. Uh, for, They're, I mean, for whatever taking over the world. A PhD in magic. A PhD in magic. Uh, but it's based around the Alexandrian society, which hmm. supposedly has all of the lost books from Alexandria and oh, other collapsed cool. civilizations. That's really cool. I might have to look into that. Yeah. That sounds really fascinating. The first one was really good. Facts from the Stacks will be right back. If you're the creative type and enjoy storytelling and writing, come to the Jackson Writers Guild right here at your local library. Every second and fourth Thursday at 5.30, meet with like-minded writers who write in every genre you can imagine. Learn important parts of the writing process from conception to publishing and participate in activities that will encourage you to be confident in sharing your work. Whether you've been writing for years or you're just starting, or whether you've published before or you're just writing for yourself, all experience levels are welcome. All right, so with our recently borrowed talked about, we will move on to our facts for the day. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? All right, you big know-it-all. Did you know? So the first thing I looked into when we launched this topic, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, is needle felting. Where does it come from? Because I'm currently in my cozy hobby era, and I recently completed my first, my second needle felt craft. Which was so cute. Yeah, it was so cute. Looking over at your desk while you're on lunch, Mm -hmm. and you're like stabbing these little, (laughs) you know, making your little mushroom pot. Yeah, it sounds so cute and quaint, but really it's a good stress reliever Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, it's quite violent. Yeah. Um, If you follow us on Instagram, we already posted a reel about needle felting, in which Casey and I both made needle felting figurines of our dogs, Mm -hmm. which was just a stunner. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was my second foray, and it was a kit from local shop Garner Blue. Shout out. And it was a little pot of mushrooms. But anyways, it's a really fun craft, and so I thought I'd look into where does it come from. So... Um, felt is the earliest known textile. 
interesting, which I guess if you think about it, it makes sense because it's made from animal furs, fibers, wool. Um, And so, you know, it's been used since the Neolithic era. So obviously the first fibers were made from natural fibers. Yeah. So it makes sense. So they, um, it's, yeah, felt has been used since the Neolithic era for tents, floor covers, etc. Um, and so there's two different kinds of felting. There's wet felting and dry felting. So um, felt is often made wet. Like you take like soap and water to like adhere the fibers together. But needle felting is a form of dry felting in which you take fibers such as wool or other things and you um, have a felting needle which is barbed and you stab, stab, stab your wool and it makes it into felt because the barbs and the needles like pull the fibers in on themselves. And so it's become a hot new, not new, but it's become a trendy craft lately Mm -hmm. to specifically needle felt figurines. Like that's crazy. Your dog or a lot of Christmas ornaments are like little woodland creatures that have been felted. The first one that I saw was one that you made, Casey. The little you, fox. Your little fox that oh, you have up yeah. in the makerspace. That's the first one I saw, and I was like, oh my God. So yeah. cute. So it's such cute. a cute little thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you just stabbed a ball of wool until it became what you wanted it to. Correct. Yeah. It is magic. It is. It feels it is very cool. magical. Yeah. Like, it's also good. I'm not a very uh, patient person, and it's good practice for that because for me, like, if it's not turning out, pretty immediately I think I've done it wrong or it's not going well but this like you really have to stick with it and keep stabbing <laughs> for it to get to where you want to be so it's good if you're like me and you need to work on that wow. um, but it was so you know felt long ago mm-hmm. was made into all these things but needle felting as a crafting exercise was developed in the 1980s Okay, yeah. so much like we had our macrame resurgence a few exactly. years ago. that's a good point. Now it's our needle felting yeah. resurgence, the renaissance. Yeah, <laughs> so if you're interested, you can try it in the makerspace because yeah. we have all the supplies there, mm-hmm. and it's free. So fun. Needle felting. <laughs> Brought to you by The Space. The Space. All right. So I, when I started looking at this topic, I went to the 670s on our books and it's a, there's a lot of, we have a lot of craft books, mm-hmm. but it's, um, for this specific thing, we didn't have a ton on the topic, but one thing I found in the children's area is, is a book called Transformed, mm-hmm. How Everyday Things Are Made by Bill Slavin. And so like, that's really cool because you can go through, you know, especially for younger readers and it'll talk about, it's almost like reading multiple episodes of how it's made. Oh, okay. So like, you'll have a big double page that'll be like, here's how a baseball is made. Uh, here's how, you know, just all this different stuff is made. It's really interesting. Um, but that one is just a good Good, like general here's how a bunch of random things are made but the first thing that I that caught my eye we had another book in the children's area that talked about e-textiles and I had never really heard about e-textiles I don't know what that is <laughs> I didn't really know what it consisted of either but e-textiles are textiles that have batteries, lights, sensors, and things that are similar to that embedded in the fabric. Okay, so like so, the Christmas sweaters of today. Yes, mm-hmm. Got it. Christmas sweaters with your LEDs and stuff like that. Um, so, 
we can go pretty advanced with it. Um, you know, we've had ugly light up Christmas sweaters for a, an amount of time. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of places that are getting more and more complex with putting sensors in the clothing. Whoa. And the idea behind e-textiles is what led to smartwatches because it's wearable electronics. Oh. It's all kind of connected. So I wanted to look at the history of e-textiles. And the, one of the things I found was, you know, we discovered electricity back in the, you know, 1800s, mid, late 1800s is when we started really using those things. <laughs> and one of the things I found is there was a company called the Electric Girl Lighting Company. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> that would provide girls in light-up party gowns mm. to be hired to just be in your party. Oh my gosh, like when you hire um, Cinderella to come to your birthday party. That is stunning. I, does that still exist? <laughs> no, and I tried so hard to find pictures of those because I was like, I want to know what those light-up dresses look like because they had to be such awkward... Because they had to have been plugged in oh, to yeah. a wall. So heavy. So heavy. Hot. Old, hot. hot. Oh light gosh. bulbs. Those girls like, were not getting paid enough, I guarantee you. I guarantee 100%. you they were not. They probably got like a cracker from the plate <laughs> as it yeah. came by. <laughs> so I, I was like, that's crazy. So all the way back then, we were already incorporating electronics into clothing hmm. for wow. entertainment purposes. That's amazing. Very interesting. Um, then we had, in 1968, there was an exhibition called Body Covering that featured spacesuits that could inflate, deflate, oh. light up, and heat and cool themselves. And then for was astronauts. born the inflatable dinosaur Halloween <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's From an e-textile, that the inflatable dinosaur? Yeah, I guess technically it would be because it's incorporated into the, the costume. Wow. You've got the fans that will inflate it. Yeah. Mm. Um, there were also electroluminescent party dresses and belts that could sound alarms. <laughs> Ooh, like a personal defense. Yes. Amazing. Wow. Very interesting. So that was, so again, that's 1968. We started like incorporating it into... First off, in all in one place, this body covering exhibition, we got a STEM application for it in here's this stuff for astronauts, but also here's a fashion take on it as well. Yeah, and personal safety. Yeah, and personal safety. So very <laughs> cool. Um, then in 1985, the first fully animated sweatshirt was made. Ooh. This person hand wove fiber optic threads into a, a sweatshirt. And it allowed a full-color cartoon to be shown on the front of the sweater. <laughs> Why is that not a thing now? Yeah. Um, so, in 1995, a machine was made to be able to weave the fiber optics into fabrics. Cool. So, like, that's a thing I guess we can do, but we just don't really yeah. anymore. So, like, would fiber optic Christmas trees fall into this category, or is that a different thing? I mean, that's not really a That's textile. a good question. It's not really a textile but like, yeah, I guess it wouldn't be a textile, but it's the same general concepts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then in 2012, an inventor displayed clothes that could change color using controls from any smartphone and purses with Wi-Fi security features inside of them to prevent theft. That's the most 2012 thing I ever heard. 
Yeah. <laughs> Wi-Fi color changing t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's so just, true. it's just interesting. And if you look up e-textiles in like today's fashion, it's really interesting. <laughs> like we've really, um, you said something to me about an Instagram account that you follow that they have like these beautiful like light up jackets and Ooh. dresses and like they even have robotics built into certain parts of them yeah. oh my so that they can like the wings on the back of the cloak will spread at the push of a button yeah I think the same person may have even worked on a project that did um, emotion controlled Outfits. Oh, that's so it cool. would like light up like a moon ring, but your whole outfit. Oh my word. That yeah. is oh, that's really neat. And like, you know, a lot of that is very it feels very science fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not something that we would commonly have, but like as far as the fashion industry goes, that is so fascinating. And I would I love seeing something like that on display at a fashion show. Oh, yeah. Like, it is gaudy and awkward in any other place, (laughs) but, like, it's so cool to look at in that context Mm -hmm. as a piece of art. Yeah, like you just explained, like, couture fashion overall. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Just Not just e-textiles, but all of couture fashion. This woman at my church has a jacket that heats up. Because she is a cold girl. Well, yeah, that's and an that's, that's what this is making me think about. Yeah, yeah, that's that is She's technically an style queen. She is. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. I want that jacket. Yeah, you but, are a very cold girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you I'm are. a cold girl. Yeah, always cold. It's fine. But you know, it's so it's just interesting to see how light up dresses. You know, then a hundred years later, we have smartwatches, and yeah. 150 years later, smartwatches, and like all of the stuff that we have all the time, like our accessories, and you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot of release on it, but like several years back, when you had, I think it was Apple, maybe that wanted to do their like VR glasses. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like the Snapchat glasses. Yeah, stuff ones. like that. Yeah. Like Lin, the, what were the, the lens, ones? the Google, Google lens, yeah. the Google was it Google? I don't remember. Lens. I think Meta has correct. a new one now that you can like their Ray their collaboration with Ray Bans and you oh. can like go live from your glasses. That's so like for YouTubers and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. those you know those things came from combining electronics with our yeah. regular clothes, and here mm-hmm. we are. Pretty interesting. Yeah. We've come a long way from light up party dresses. The electric light girl company. The electric light the electric girl light company. Absolutely crazy. If I I need to trademark that because that's the perfect company name for anything I could ever want. Or band name. Yeah. Band name called it. Mm -hmm. Band name called it. True. We'll be right back with more facts from the stacks. Hey gang, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already a pro at libraries. You already know the library is about more than just books. But if you're looking to level up your skills, you should check out The Space, your library's very own makerspace. The Space has so much to offer. From crafting to coding, if there's something you'd like to make, we can help you do it. Want to try something new? This is the place for you. If there's one thing we're not afraid to make in The Space, it's mistakes. Come check it out during open space hours on Tuesdays 3 to 6 and Saturdays 10 to 12. 
okay, the next thing I looked at was how it's made, so the show. Mm. So that got me onto a video about how poppets are made, <laughs> which poppets are the silicone toys that are hot and spicy today yeah. where you punch the little silicone bubble. Uh-huh. Like a little fidget toy? It's like yeah, a fidget, fidget toy. toy. Yeah, it's like bubble wrap. Yeah, Reusable, exactly. Almost. So I thought, let's watch this video. And it was great. So first, raw silicone is put into a roller. Um, so like this all big, you know, manufacturing machines. Mm-hmm. So this raw silicone is put into a roller. It kind of reminded me of like a taffy pole, but more like you know, like two big rolls and then it goes through the middle to flatten out. Yeah. Is that like the same the same process that people like do those color like they'll add random colors of Yes. And you watch and you're like, what color is it gonna be? And it's totally Yeah, so that's the next step is they'll put a little chunk of a color yeah. into this raw silicone and that colors it. Wow. So they keep rolling it, rolling it until the color, you know, like when you color frosting, same right. concept. And then the machine, another machine cuts these rolls into small little rectangles. Okay. It almost reminds me of Legos. Like they so it's like a rectangle of silicone and then then they go over to a waffle iron like mold mm-hmm. that has you know multiple of the same mold. So oh. you know you've seen like mermaid tails or unicorn poppets. Yeah, I so have it's a like, pineapple one. Oh, a pineapple, at my yeah. Desk. <laughs> so it has you know like six pineapple molds in this like stainless steel thing that looks like a waffle iron. And then you know a lot of them are like rainbow or tie dye or whatever. Uh-huh. So they take the individual rectangles and lay them out over the pineapple uh-huh. in the order color that they want. Mm-hmm. And then they you know shut it and um so it's not like an insertion thing where they're like in you know inserting into the mold it's like it presses it and melts it it into the interesting mold whoa that's crazy it was really satisfying to watch and then it comes out with multiple on you know they're kind of connected in a sheet of silicone Uh and so then there was this additional person that was like trimming the trimming the excess yeah yeah it was fun stuff that's crazy. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a fun job. I was just thinking that like <laughs> I could definitely I could definitely do some sort of like satisfying manufacturing job. Yeah, if you had to work in a factory, like that's what I'd want to make. Pop it. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of manufacturing jobs that I'm like, that looks that it looks so satisfying. Mm-hmm. You would have to go home every day feeling very satisfied. True. Like your itches have been scratched and you can just go home and yeah. make yourself some dinner. Like the candy makers, <laughs> how they do the long sticks of candy and then they just have to take that knife and just like and oh, they'll break yes. it into perfect yep. segments. Oh yeah, I love watching the ones that will like the machines that will like pour a row of kisses and then the next one yeah oh uh, yeah yeah i saw I could, a soap maker recently <gasps> and that one was really good wow. yeah if i could just watch that all day long is that a job let us know watching <laughs> yeah just yeah. watching content yeah. content watcher yeah content watcher <laughs> Okay, yeah, so that was how puppets are made. Wow. Thanks for coming. <laughs> All right, my last one um, that I looked at came from one of our books called Modern Papermaking by Kelsey Pike. Okay, Kelsey. Um, and so, really, it was just apparent, it has become very popular to make your own paper. And, like, handcrafted notebooks and stuff like that have become really popular lately. Um, So I just kind of wanted to look into the process. Like, I feel like most 
it's an assumption, but most of us have probably seen some sort of how it's made on regular lined paper, like how that's made. Mm -hmm. So I was like, but what does it look like at home? Like when you're doing that. And so one of the things that you do is to take pulp from some like plant fiber or, you know, you could take, they didn't, they didn't really list a whole lot of examples, but like, if we were to go out and take from our garden our dried, dead corn stalks mm. and blend those up into yeah. a slurry. Ooh, um, slurry is not a good word, folks. That is not a good word. That's... What's wrong with that word? Slurry? Yeah. Don't like it. It's, it, it is a weird word. Oh, I thought it was like offensive. Oh, no. No, it's, it like is it. to her slurry specifically. Slurry is not a slur. Yeah. <laughs> that was really slurry. <laughs> I like the sound of that word, slurry. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Get out of here with slurry. <laughs> um, but you can take plant fibers and like recycled paper so shredded paper of whatever kind and basically if you're doing it the the i don't want to spend a bunch of money on machinery stuff of the way you just put it in a blender Mm -hmm. and you blend all of these fibers and recycled paper together into a slurry and then you basically pour that so for every part of the slurry you have, you add 10 parts of water, and then you have this like mesh. Mm-hmm. And then with the mesh, you just kind of like scoop the solid parts out of that. Mm. Like a window screen? Yeah, like a window screen. Can you use a window screen? Um, if you're funny story, <laughs> uh, funny story, uh, our coworker, Crystal, um, her daughter apparently cut out one of their window screens to make paper at one point. The screen was, was, it was available. We weren't, you're not using it. Yeah. It was on the front porch. It wasn't being used. And so Crystal looked and there was a big square taken out of the middle of their window (laughs) screen. That is so resourceful. Just Lily things. Just Lily things. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so you take this mesh and you um, you can you you just scoop it out, and then you basically just press the sheets to get all the excess liquid out, and then you hang it to dry the rest of the way. the The thing you, the mesh that you use is called a mold and decal, <laughs> um, because you can also basically shape the paper however you want. They talk about how to make your own mold by using EVA foam. Mm. And like, so some of the examples is they made arch shaped paper. Oh. Um, so you can basically make whatever shape you want. Um, so you would just fill in the negative space? Like you would make the yeah, you would, mold yeah, you would on just, the screen? Um, yeah, so you would just have like, if this was your, if you had your screen, you would put the foam right here to block this area. And then you're only scooping into the open mesh. Mm. And then you just press it to get the excess, hang it to dry. Um, and then you've got your own paper. And they've got a lot of interesting projects in there that some of them are like where you can put little pieces of like fabric or string one of them was putting like gold leaf so that you have that in your paper one of them not all of them looked great (laughs) (laughs) to my eye sometimes crafts books be like that sometimes they're like that but one of them was like 
making an ocean. Yeah, that one was pretty. Yeah, it was like a sand-colored paper, and then it had this teal color, and then another lighter color on top, and it looked like water washing up on the beach. And it was like, here's exactly how you recreate that. Mm. It was really cool. Um, But I was like, yeah, that's, that's an interesting process. And thinking about how much paper you could recycle that way. That's true. Yeah. Like, it's a process. But it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Satisfying. Very satisfying. If you're looking for a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that book was really good. The lady in it um, has been doing her, like, making her own paper for 15 years or something. So mm-hmm. she she knows how to do the do. Nice. So, yeah. It was just neat. Cool. Fun fact. You said uh, it's called a mold and deckle. Uh-huh. Uh, when you have a book that has the unevenly cut pages that oh. are like torn, it's called deckle That's edges. a deckle, and that's why. Oh, I never knew that. Because, like, of course, modernly for a lot of books, we want to cut those edges off. But especially for homemade paper, like, you want people to know it's homemade. I was going to say, like, I feel like a deckle-edged book is immediately more fancy to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Which is funny because it's probably more work to cut the edges you know, yeah, uniformly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, it feels rustic. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a hit book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh if yeah. It has the deckle edges. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Our final facts and quiz segment will be right back after this break. Do you love doing art projects, but never really have the space to do them? Do you want to try something new, but you're a little afraid to buy everything only to find out you don't really like it? The Libraries Makerspace has tons of supplies for you to tackle your arts and crafts projects. Every Monday at 11, you can try your hand at watercolor painting, paper craft, knitting, sculpting, and so much more. Plus, you'll listen to a podcast in the meantime. Busy hands, fun listening. Come create with us. The last thing I looked up was just some fun facts about manufacturing. Okay. Let's hear them. Let's just hear them. Facts from the stacks. I feel like I had some as well. Oh, no, that's fine. I was like, <laughs> I feel like I had some. It's part of the quiz. Is that your notebook printed out? Yeah, it Oh, is. my gosh, I love that. It's uh, festive. Because I, at one point, didn't have my Kindle with me, so I had to print out what I had and then make that's so write fun, actual notes. But, yes. That. Imagine if your Kindle was just right there in your clothes. <gasps> Ooh. Just wow. imagine. E-textiles. E-textiles. <laughs> Okay, so the average car is 30,000 parts. Wild. That's a lot of parts. Yeah. It is. The it's a whole lot. plane is 6 million parts. <gasps> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's why planes are scary, man. Yeah, that, yeah. one of those parts goes wrong. <laughs> Somebody's got to check 6 million parts. True, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. is the world's second largest manufacturer, which surprised me. Because I feel like everybody's like, nothing's made in the U.S. anymore. Right. And obviously number one is China, but like, what about Taiwan, Japan? You know, those are on tags a lot too, but... That's true. U.S. was number two. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Velcro was inspired by how burrs stick to clothes and dogs' fur Mm. by George Demestral. Interesting. Isn't that fun? So one day he was looking at his dog and he had burrs stuck to his fur and he was like, hmm. We can stick other things to other things. Yeah. And then he made Velcro. That's crazy. (laughs) That's wild. Um, The word Crayola comes from Cray, C-R-A-I-E, which is chalk in French. Mm -hmm. And then Ola from oleaginous, which means oily. 
It's oily chalk. Yeah, oily chalk crayon. And that's the perfect explanation for what a crayon is. Yeah. And that was coined by Alice Binney, the wife of the founder of Crayola, Edwin Binney. Wow. Those are my fun facts. How interesting. We have a kid's book about the creation of crayons, Crayola crayons. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it is in the nonfiction or picture books. Interesting. But it was very story-like. That's cool. And that comes from your experience in shelving children's books. That's correct. Yeah. All right. I have a quiz. Woo! Um, Two of them were addressed already. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. One of them was uh, about the world's largest manufacturer, which is China. Oh, Mm -hmm. sorry. That's fine. It's totally (laughs) fine. You blew it. And then the how many parts does an average car require? I don't know that I I could have guessed. No, I wouldn't either. I don't think I would have gone 30,000. Every time I do a list of fun facts for this, I'm like, I wonder if this is stepping all over the quiz. No, it's fine. (laughs) It's totally fine. I have... Three other questions that I think should be interesting enough. Here we go. So question number one, the outer coating of a jelly bean is made of two ingredients produced by bugs. Oh. (laughs) Name one of those ingredients. There's no sugar in the outer coating of jelly beans? Um... There might be sugar in it, but part of that I know casing. One. I know one. Wax. Yeah. Beeswax is one uh, of them. Okay. Yeah. Beeswax and the other is shellac, which is a wax secreted by female lack insects. They eat tree sap and then they secrete this wax after they've processed the tree sap. Oh, so it's edible. I remember yeah. hearing some, you know, when everyone was like, a dude is an infected hair on an elephant's butt. So what? it was some, <laughs> 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 you know, those things that kids would say like, oh, did you know this is actually this? Like someone would always say in school, like M&Ms are actually like the poop of cockroaches or, you know. Oh my God. Like yeah. But that's what they were alluding to. Yeah, could have been. Well, but what did you say? A dude is a hair on a... An infected hair on an elephant's butt. That's not an actual example? That was a real example. Like, that's what that that word is. I believe that is true. Yeah. A dude. A dude. That's where that word comes from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Allegedly. I just was equating that to, you know, when people say, like... Yeah. So, yeah. So, what, what it's actually coded in is called... I think it said it was like called confectioner's coating or something. Oh yeah, that's sugar. Right, but it's it's a mixture of plus. sugar plus these waxes oh. that are produced from bugs. Interesting. Yeah. Um, question number two: um, What is the state with the highest percentage of manufacturing employees? State. Hmm. Is it in the Midwest? That's what my guess wants to be. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I picture like a lot of Midwestern men working in a factory. Working in a factory. <laughs> That's not incorrect. Ohio is my guess. It's a good guess. Um, Missouri. Um, so it is Indiana. Indiana. 19.1% of their workforce is employed in manufacturing. So like one in five people works in a factory. Interesting. Um, 
Tennessee is number 12 on the list with 12.9%. Yeah, there are a lot of factories. We do have a lot of factories. Yeah. Um, Especially, I feel like, in West Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last question, what was bubble wrap originally created for? It was not created for packaging purposes hmm. initially. So what was the original? It wasn't entertainment. No. Amusement. No, it was not amusement. <laughs> no. It had a purpose that was a practical purpose. Was it like some sort of insulation? That's my guess. A good guess. Yeah, I don't know. Sound design. <laughs> it was created to be textured wallpaper. <gasps> what a vibe. Can you imagine? In what era? That's a great question. Let me actually look that up. Oh, that just, that's just... Isn't that weird? Can you imagine your walls being made of bubble wrap? I can. Also, you spend all that money wallpapering your walls and then all your guests just come over. <laughs> I wallpaper's can't done. imagine that. Yeah. It feels scary. very. That'd be good for like a children's playroom. Like, oh, Billy hit the wall, but he's <laughs> fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Bubble wrap was invented in 1957 um, in New Jersey. Um, they sealed two shower curtains together, and they tried to sell it as wallpaper. Hmm. So. How interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sealed two shower curtains together. Okay. So it wouldn't have. I guess it wouldn't have popped. Yeah, it wouldn't quite have been individual okay. bubbles. Yeah. Or like uniform circles. It depends on how they sealed it, I guess. Yeah. But it just didn't take off. Oh, People that's didn't too bad. want bubbly wallpaper. <laughs> Which is interesting because now I feel like that's a texture. Like people will is that not a thing people do with their walls now when they're painting sometimes? Is like put that kind of texture. Like yeah, have you seen that before? Oh, like to yeah. stamp with? Or yes, like to stamp with. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it kind of, like we came full circle. Yeah. Like it is being used on walls, but not exactly how you would imagine it to be. Hmm. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. Um, that being said, I think that's the end of our episode. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank um, you for coming. Along thank you the so much yeah. for having me. Thanks for coming on. That was that was a good time. <laughs> um, our next episode in two weeks will be on video games. Video games. Just a, a topic I am so very familiar with. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm excited to learn. Yes. I might have to come back for this one. Yeah, oh, please. you can come back for that one. That'd be totally fine. Just two weeks in a row. Is that too much? No, no, we like. No, no, that's fine. No, we love a good guest. We do love guests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Leave any weird how it's made knowledge that you might have, um, or questions you have for us, or even things about our next topic for us to share. We'll take suggestions. Yeah. And come check out the makerspace upstairs at the main library. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want to see cool stuff, you can go there. Oh my gosh. If you want to see cool stuff that you can do there, follow us on Instagram because we have lots of videos showcasing the different things you can get into up there. Absolutely. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.